Well, good morning. How are you today? Good morning to you online as well. Glad you're with us. So in 1942, a farmer by the name of Gordon Butcher was plowing his field around um, Mendenhall, England, when his plow made a big clanking sound. And he went on to kind of get off and part the dirt and find a piece of silver. And as he brought a friend in and they began to dig and they discovered 34 pieces of silver from the 4th century. And it was given to a noble or a general who had moved to England to rule and settle there. And he made this incredible discovery. In 1947, some Bedouin shepherds stumbled across caves near a small ancient settlement called Qumran. And as they threw rocks into the caves, they heard something shatter. And as they went in and discovered, they found seven clay jars. And inside these jars were leather and papyrus scrolls. They took those to an antiquities dealer in town who eventually bought them. Then in 2015, a diver by the name of Brent Brisbane searching for hidden treasure, found what is called the Queen or the Fleet Queen treasure off the court coast of Florida, in which 11 ships carrying gold and all kinds of other artifacts were caught in a hurricane and sank to the bottom of the ocean. And he made this discovery. Um, the, the amazing thing is there was $4.5 million in his one discovery. And researchers say, or I'm sorry, um, historians say, there's probably about $400 million worth of gold still on the bottom of the ocean floor. So I know where I'm going for vacation next year. I have a year to learn how to scuba dive. Um, and then maybe the most famous of all in 2004, Benjamin Gates discovered the Knights Templar treasure. <laughs> By far the most well-known. I made a discovery of my own. When I was, um, I guess, 10 years old, my dad and I had gone to a card show in Arlington and do you remember the little things? They still have them, I guess. You put the quarters in, you turn the knob, and out would pop three baseball cards. And one of those baseball cards was a Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck rookie card. And, and you might not have any idea about that, but he was kind of a big deal. Um, one of the all-time leaders in home runs, Hall of Famer, really, really significant ball player. And so this was his rookie year, 1989, and I got that card. And as kids do, I went home, and I had all my cards on the floor, and my mom kept saying, 
if you don't pick them up, I'm going to put them up. And so I had left all my cards out, and she grabbed the big pile of them, and she took them away. And about seven or eight years later, she had given me a responsibility of cleaning the kitchen, and I was cleaning the top of the fridge because I was very thorough. No, I was told I had to do that. And there was a jar on the top, and when I got into that jar, there was a stack of baseball cards in there. And one of those cards was King Griffey Jr. Upper Deck Rookie Card. And at the time, it was worth about $60. We paid 75 cents for it, so it was a pretty great return on investment. But, but what was crazy is because my mom put it up there so quickly, like it was still in just mint condition. And if, if I had had it to hold on to and, and show my friends and everything, it definitely would not have been in mint condition. And it was one of those things, like I found a, a treasure that I had no idea that I had. And it ended up being something that was pretty valuable. Now, not $4.5 million like the treasure I'm going to find next year, but still pretty significant. And, and for me, it was one of those things like, there was such joy. I found something I had no idea I had. If you ever discovered a treasure, if, if you ever found something that you did not know you had, maybe a relative passed away and you discovered that they had a lot of money that they have left you. I haven't found that relative yet. Maybe it was something that your parents passed on to you that, that wasn't that big of a deal, but one day you found out, well, that's, that's worth some pretty significant money. These parables that Jesus is telling are these stories of everyday life with deeply rooted spiritual truths. And the one he begins with this morning is a parable about a treasure. And it's a, a really short parable. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had to buy that field. So you think about the context of this story. A man is going out, he's plowing a field, he's working in a field, and he discovers a treasure is there. Because during this time, there wasn't a bank on every corner. And so typically what people would do is they would take money, they would take um, treasures that they had, things that were very valuable, they would go out into their field, they would dig a big hole, they would put them in there, cover it back up, and leave it. And what would happen on um, occasion is that person who buried it would die, and no one else knew that it existed. And so for generation after generation, that field is passed on until one day someone is plowing that field, someone is working that ground, and they discover a treasure. And so what that worker does, Jesus says he covers back the hole, and he goes home, and he gets everything together that he has, and he goes and sells it all. Now imagine the people in these towns that know him 
who are thinking, what in the world are you doing? How in the world could you sell everything you have? But he's doing so with knowledge that there is something out there far more valuable than anything he currently possesses. And so he sells everything and he goes and buys that field. And Jesus is telling these parables and he's making this connection that this is what it's like the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like someone who's discovered this treasure and you cannot fathom its value and so you go and sell everything to follow. And I think for us, we've made this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven, this life with Jesus safe and palatable with little cost. And it's almost this mentality, just add Jesus and everything is okay. right? My life is good right now. But my life with Jesus is better. Right? We add Jesus, and then our life is significantly different. Here's the problem. Jesus never expected you to add him to your life. He expected you to trade this life for life with him. And so many times I have this mentality of I have a great life plus I have Jesus and everything is okay, everything is good, or it is getting better. But Jesus never asks you to just add him. And then he continues with another really, really short parable. He says this, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So I want to kind of give you a little bit of treasure hunting 101, right? There, there are some really important things. If you're going to go to the treasure coast in Florida, there, there are some important things. Treasure hunting 101. First is finding the treasure, right? That, that's probably the most important thing is to actually find the treasure. But second is pretty important too. It's recognize its value. Right? It's possible to take home a King Griffey Jr. rookie card and not realize that it's valuable. It's possible to be plowing a field and discover silver buried under the ground and not know its value. Here's the crazy thing. Gordon Butcher, when he discovered it, decided that he and his family would use this for their everyday dishes for about a year. And then they sold it for about 2,000 pounds. And if you convert it today, that would be about 1,200 to 1,300 U.S. dollars. At the time, the newspaper said this treasure was probably worth about 50,000 pounds. Significantly less 
than the 2,000 he was given. And he split it with a friend. The Qumran Dead Sea Scrolls that were found were taken home by these shepherd boys and they were hung on a post outside of their tent. And after a few weeks, they took them to an antiquities dealer in town who said they are completely worthless. They have no value and would not even buy them. And it wasn't until a rabbi saw them and realized that there might be something to them that they took them back to another antiquities dealer who gave them about $90 that was split three ways for the scrolls. You think about the, the artifacts. You think about the silver. You think about the, the scrolls. I, I'm sure you could probably put a significant value on the silver today. I don't know if you could actually put a value on the Dead Sea Scrolls. I mean, it was that significant of a find. Because, right, treasure hunting 101, finding the treasure is really important. But recognizing its value is essential in the process. And so you have this merchant who's searching for pearls and discovers an incredibly valuable pearl, which I, I didn't realize pearls could be significant significant value. Like, I, I knew they could be expensive or whatever, but I didn't realize, do you realize the largest pearl in the world, most valuable pearl in the world, was discovered by a Filipino fisherman? It was 26 inches long, and it weighed just under 75 pounds. And it was worth around $100 million. And this Filipino fisherman who discovered it took it home and hid it under his bed for good luck. And it wasn't until his teeny poor house burned to the ground that they discovered this pearl. Worth a hundred million dollars. He was living in poverty with a treasure under his bed, literally underneath him, that had value. Right? There are people who found this treasure, but they didn't realize what they actually had. Right? He's living in a small shack, sleeping on top of a hundred million dollars. Right? We, we have this mentality so often in our life, like we're just going to add Jesus and then everything is better. We, we add Jesus, but the question becomes, what then plus Jesus is actually enough? What, what is it that you need? Is it Jesus plus popularity? Is it Jesus plus well-being? Is it Jesus plus approval? Is it Jesus plus security? Is it Jesus plus happiness? Jesus plus wealth? Jesus plus comfort? Is it Jesus plus safety or Jesus plus family? What, what is it in your life 
that you feel like you have to have. And as long as you have that and you have Jesus, then it's enough. Because Jesus never said, hey, come follow me and just add me to your life like something else that you're a part of. He said, no, I want you to lay your life down and give everything to come follow me. I want you to realize how great I am. I want you to realize the value that this kingdom is. And I want you to give it all up to come follow. See, it was never you add Jesus to your life and it just gets better. It was always you trade this life for life in Him. And that will be enough. And I think that's a question for us all. Is Jesus enough? Is life with Him enough? Or is there something else you have to have to feel like you're complete. You know, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he talks about wealth and, and how we find so much value in it. And he says this, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. On Friday night, we had some really, really significant storms. And my wife and my kids are at my wife's home in Oklahoma this week. They're doing cousin camp. And so I decided that this week I was going to really focus and um, really focus on my diet and nutrition. And so on Friday night I went to Andy's <laughs> to be tempted by Satan, and he won. And I came home just kind of right as that second line of storms was coming through, and it was raining really hard. And so I got out with my Andy's, and I ran in the house and put the garage door down and ate my Andy's and watched baseball, and it was a good night. But the next morning, I went outside to do some yard work, and I opened up the truck, and I realized that during the middle of the night, someone got in our truck, and all the glove boxes were open. And I looked, and I'm like, well, there's nothing that was really valuable in here. But you still kind of feel violated, right? Someone went through your stuff. And it wasn't until later that day, I, my wife said, well, call and just file a report just in case it's happening in other places. So I do. And they, is anything taken? No, nothing really of value. And it wasn't until later that day when I went to get my sunglasses that I realized they, they stole my Oakley's. This is not funny. 
You should all be in tears right now for me. But I am really, really, really good about keeping up with my glasses. And so I, I buy a nice pair because they're the, like the only brand that doesn't give me a headache, the way they sit on my, my ears and things like that. And so, but they'll last me for, for eight, nine, ten years. I think I've only had like four pair of them since I was like 16 or 17. I just I take really good care of them. And this pair I've only had for about two years. And someone broke in. Well, they didn't break in. Because in the rain, I forgot to lock the door. And so it was open. But there are these treasures in our life that go, they come and go so easily. Right? There there are so many things that we think we need that come and go. I mean, do you remember back to high school? Think about all the people that you wanted their approval, that you wanted to impress, that you would do things, you would compromise your values so that you could fit in. And you just kind of ask the question, like, where are they now? These people who... It mattered so much to you what they thought about you. Where are they now? See, because I can tell you for, for me, the, those people that come to mind, I haven't talked to in 25 plus years. I, I don't know where half of them are. If it wasn't for Facebook, I wouldn't know where any of them are. Or things that you just had to buy that get thrown out. They're no longer any good. The clothes that we think are so important that have holes in them because they've been worn out or they've been eaten away by moths. We put value in so many things that pull us away from Jesus. And Jesus says, you want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like? It's like a man who is out plowing a field. And he discovered this treasure. And so he went and sold everything he had to go buy that field. Or it's like a man, a merchant, who was going through the market and he discovered this pearl of significant value. And he went and sold everything he had so that he could go buy that one pearl. Why? Because it meant so much because the value was so significant. Is that how you feel about Jesus? Is Jesus enough? Because here's the thing. Popularity, wealth, security and safety, all those things come and go. 
they can be taken away in an instant. And at the end of the day, if all you're left with is Jesus, is he enough? Is Jesus enough? Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. Father, the greatest treasure we could ever find. But Father, so often we are seduced and we are pulled away and we are distracted by things that we think are treasures, things that we think have significant value. And Father, sometimes it's not till years later that we finally come to the realization that it wasn't as valuable as we thought. And so, Father, at the end of the day, if all we have is Jesus, would you help us to see that He is more than enough? The one who gave His life to give us life. The greatest treasure in the world. We thank you for him and pray in his name. Amen.